Any good stories from the road? And pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey, y'all. Uh, it's been a pretty eventful 48 hours. Uh, I hopped on here right when we found out that Stetson Bennett would be a Heisman finalist, Jake. And ever since then, you know, I, I knew that people might have a problem with that. I didn't know that it would get this hairy in the Twitter replies, man. You know, it. I just don't understand it, right? Like, I mean, it's that whole um, – I mean, I think Stetson's probably right there with about six other guys or four or five other guys at least that deserve to be there, and he just kind of happened to get the votes. Um, there's a lot of Hendon Hooker talk. Well, listen, man, when your last four games, when the last third of your season includes loss, win, loss, did not play, you're probably not going to be high in the running for the Heisman. You're just Fairly not. or not, right? I right, mean, yeah, unfairly yeah. or not. That's just, I mean – God, we're all human, right? I mean, we're we're all human, and you know, we're all recency bias and things like that. There's only so much you can do to not, you know, be there, and and there's only so much you, you know, football is a cumulative effect game. Um, you're not the same team in September that you will be in October and November, and if you're lucky enough to play in December, December, or maybe unlucky enough to play in December if you only get to play. One game in December, George is going to get to play two. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Stetson had a really good season. Um, he should have thrown for more touchdown passes, but he was at his best. He scored 17 against the five ranked teams that Georgia played, accounted for 17. If you, if you do that, obviously, across a whole season, um, you know, you're looking at 51 touchdowns. If you do it across the 13 game season, what Stetson Minute did against the top five teams that he played. Um, he would have 44 touchdowns right now. So um, he he's a he's a fantastic player, and he's done a lot of really things for Georgia this year. And I think Georgia's held him back. I mean, you know, you look at the Kentucky game, you look at the um, you look at the Georgia Tech game. Those games where you know to borrow a Russell Wilson deal, they didn't let Stet cook. And no, they uh, did not. They did not let Stet cook they at kept all. They Stet let, out of the kitchen. Yeah, they kept. <laughs> <laughs> Stet was like a uh, was like a uh, 1955 ad salesman uh, that uh, that you know came home from work at five o'clock. He he stayed out of the kitchen. He, he only went through to <laughs> where's my it, supper? Look <laughs> at what the beautiful wife was cooking for him, and thank goodness uh, she stopped cooking for him one day. Yeah, uh, I mean they, they anyway, ran the clock out on the season, and and yeah. they let they just kind of put him in a shell. We were well, everyone was panicking during that time, and and we kind of tried to temper people's expectations a little bit, and you saw the fruits of that discipline. Look at what he did against LSU. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, that to me has been like the biggest thing about having a uh, 25-year-old quarterback is the on-off switch. Is, you know, Stetson's mature enough, I feel like, to make that happen. I think Stetson may also just kind of be Stetson enough to make that happen because I don't think people understand. You see him on the you know TV and stuff. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Stetson's that guy that, you know, if you're a guy, you know what I'm talking about. He's one of those guys you grew up with and, um, 
you didn't really know he could play ping pong, but he's better at ping pong than pretty much every other guy in the group. Oh, and and, and he's not even like a. It's not like he's a sandbagger either. Right. He's, he's not like uh, just over there trying to embarrass you or punk you out. He just kind of has a quiet confidence yeah. about him. Yeah. And you take him golfing, right? You take him golfing like you you didn't even know he golfed or. Or maybe, you know, he hasn't golfed in two years. <laughs> you take him golfing, he starts out kind of slow, and then next thing you know, you're fighting for your life on the back nine to keep I, a guy who hasn't played in a year. I to, played in uh, David him. Pollock's uh, charity <clears throat> deal this summer, and they had on one of the holes was like the the long drive, right? And sure enough, we rode past it. I didn't hit it. And the stake was in the ground, and there's a little sheet, a little clipboard, the first name on there was Jake Fromm, and the name above it that had just outdriven Jake Fromm was Stetson Bennett, and he, wow. he just wrote just wrote Stetson and put a smiley face by it. I mean, he's just, <laughs> just he's got these stories, man. This is yeah. what he is. He's a walking story. He is, and I bet he's good at tennis. I bet he's good at basketball. Um, and I'm not saying he's the best at any of those things, but he's just that's just kind of how he is, and. Um, you know, we found out, uh, and I think a lot of fans. You know, if if you know there was a, if there was crow to eat, crow would be an endangered species right now, um, because a lot of the Georgia fan base has to eat crow on the fact they just didn't think he could get any better. You know, they thought he was a you know a senior or a fifth year senior. You know, I'm talking yep. about 2020, 2021, and that Georgia we you knew what Georgia was with Stetson Bennett. And by the way, you knew what Georgia was at that end of 2021 was Stetson Bennett, national champions. But you just knew what he was. And then here you are, 3,400-yard passer um, with, like Wes said, running the clock out in the last two games of the season, basically not letting him throw it very much, throwing it half, the, half as much as he was throwing it. Um, you know, could have put up 3,800 yards, I feel like, at least 3,750, something of that and along those lines. At least give him a chance to throw for 4,000 in these uh, last two playoff games. It's going to be a little tougher to do at 3,400, but uh, very possible. Um, I mean, he was making throws, Jake, and we were sitting by each other in the press box, you, me, and Palmer, and, you know, there was a throw where he was just getting crumpled. There were tigers on his back, and he was just slinging it, sidearming it. Uh, there are, like, back-to-back -back throws on one of those drives where – Yeah, he slipped on one of them and, yeah. and still got it in there, and then he had a guy in his face and kind of threw it off his back foot and got it in there to Dominic Blaylock, and then he threw another one behind Dominic Blaylock while getting hit right in the mouth. Um, he, he was he was making some plays in that game. And there's that, there are Heisman moments for Stetson. He's not going to win it. I think it's going to be Caleb Williams. Um, Caleb Williams thrown for 4,000 yards and has accounted for 47 touchdowns or something like that this year. It's pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, you, there were some times in that game, I mean, you look back at the 60-something yard run he had against Auburn, the one that's probably right, right there on our – on our screen right there. Well, this is, so no, this is uh last year, but I just picked it. Oh yeah, you're right. It kind of looks right, like yeah. the Heisman pose a little bit. There's a <laughs> there's a better angle that we didn't have rights to, but but yeah, I mean there are things. It's all these Twitter warriors, and and so many of them are Tennessee fans, and I understand the pain that they're going through right now. And I think you and I are on the same page about this. I don't think it has to be Stetson versus Hendon Hooker. I, I no. don't think it necessarily has to be. Stetson took Hendon Hooker's spot. And I think it's easy to say that because he's in the SEC. Tennessee fans know him. He's more familiar. They're probably not as uh, well-versed in what Caleb Williams did this year or Duggan or uh, Stroud. So I understand why all that's happening. But I'm, all, I'm surprised, too, at some of the media members who 
presumably have votes uh, are so upset about it. And I'm not going to sling mud in here. Y'all know who I'm talking about. But there's just some weird vibes around this whole thing that in a weird way is kind of a microcosm of, of Stetson's whole career. Yeah. Okay, step right up and doubt this guy again. And yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily uh, expect it, I guess. But I will say, Jake, nothing's going to surprise me about him anymore. If he does win it, like it's it's going to be, all right, sure, I, I, I get it. Because he's done so many other things. Yeah, you know, I, here's the thing. Um, you know, I was – I've taken some time to kind of go through Ohio State last few days. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to give Ohio State any bullets and board material. But you want to talk about the guy who probably should have been left out. It's probably C.J. Stroud. Yeah, um, I think C.J. Stroud probably he had the touchdown numbers, uh, yeah. but uh, but a lot of it is the competition, and I know a lot of Georgia fans are uh, circling that when you when you do compare Stetson against some of the other guys, the AP top twenty five competition, and, and how Stetson did against those teams. He was uh, flawless, not flawless, but he was unblemished on the uh, win loss sheet. I'm going to welcome in Palmer Tom's really quick. He's on a little bit of a crunch. At the moment, Palmer is at McCamish Pavilion for, He's at the club. for uh, clean old-fashioned hate on the hardwood. Cheetah I think is what Palmer called it. Yeah, we got a 69-68 ball game with 653 losses and 14 lead changes in the second half. So, uh, Are you at the so Georgia great. Aquarium right now, Palmer? Are you with the Belugas? I wish, I wish. That'd be the, so much the audio cool. sounds like you're underwater. What's going on at McCamish? Uh, a tight ball game, 69-68 with uh, 6.53 to go. 14 lead changes in the second half. Uh, I have a feeling this one's going to be decided late. How about Mike White's dogs? What's the story of this team so far, Palmer? Well, they've got seven wins under their belt so far. Uh, and, um, you know, topping last season's total. Um, they're, you know, nine games into this and – I uh, feel like they've got a good, good figure, good feel for, uh, you know, their identity. They want to do things on the defensive side of the floor, uh, and, and at times struggle to score, but uh, certainly hasn't been the case tonight. Putting up over seventy points with uh, six thirty to go. All right. Well, uh, Palmer, I'll, I'll let you get back to that. I did want to invite you in though, and just let people know that Dogs HQ is in Atlanta once again. Uh, watching some hoops this time. And Palmer will have all the coverage, of course, over at dogshq.com. And uh, I, I assume we'll hear from Mike White and a couple dogs right here on our YouTube channel as well. Appreciate it, man. Safe travels. Get you a uh, chili dog from the varsity on the way back, huh? All right. Thanks, Palmer. Um, I, I'm impressed with Mike White's dogs. I don't know how many Georgia fans are – devoting all their attention to the team right now uh, with football still going on, but you got to like what you've seen uh, from yeah, some I, of those I, early I gotta turns. I got to say, it's been, a, it's been a transformation. Obviously, the roster turned over pretty quickly, but it's been a defensive transformation for this team. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're a Georgia basketball fan and you've kind of gone through Mark Fox and then you've gone through Tom Crean and obviously you've learned a lesson, and that's that defense does matter. Tom Crean was basically no defense – you know, play some exciting brand of offense, turn it over a lot, maybe force some turnovers and do that thing. Mark Fox was basically defense, defense, defense. And 
we've learned that the defense, defense, defense was definitely more successful. Um, that whether it was because of that it wasn't or not, as fun, it was, but it won more games. That's um, right, and it challenged and competed more, which makes sense. You were in more ball games, uh, but you know the the other way, the Tom Crean way, as unsuccessful as it was, did give people a chance to scratch that itch. Because I remember it, man. I remember it well. The message boards, God. Get somebody else in here. At least it'll be an exciting brand of basketball to watch. Right. It didn't pan out well for you. Losing ain't fun. I um, worked with a guy that was a, a Hoosier, and he was like, "Man, y'all are not gonna, y'all are not gonna enjoy this." And I was like, "Okay, I mean, I'll at least wait." And he's like, "No, nah, it's gonna suck." I was like, "Okay." He was right. Um, all right, back to step for a minute. One thing that I, I it was kind of a shower thought I had today, Jake. Uh, the thing that no one's saying about Stetson right now, whether or not they they believe in his ability to uh, win the Heisman or whether or not he even deserves to be there. No one's calling him a game manager anymore. Nope. And I think that says a lot subconsciously about people at least recognizing that the guy's floor is higher this year than it was last year. Yeah, and like I said, he got better. And I, I honestly, like if you if you look back, I mean, what could Georgia have been if it didn't go – and, I, man, listen, I thought it was the right move at the time, too. I praise Kirby Smart as a genius for getting both of these guys. But if he doesn't go get – if he doesn't go get Jamie Newman, if he doesn't go get, uh, you know, JT Daniels, and they just committed to Stetson and they said, you know what, we're going to give you a chance to win this job. You're going to get number one reps. I know it was a COVID year, so it was really weird. But instead of him just not being a part of the plan, maybe they build the plan around him. Um. You know, and they that goes to show they're not always right. Even though they have all the information, they're not always right. Uh, but if they had done that, where would we be now? You know, with Stetson, you know, where where would where would we? You know, maybe he would be the front runner for this thing right now. Maybe he he might be going for two in a row. He might be like Baker Mayfield or something. You know, like you know, invited two years in a row. Um, I don't know. It's it's really weird to think about because it sure did matter that one off season that he was the guy. Mm-hmm. And he got the number one reps because he he rolled up into Athens. He rolled up into Atlanta, actually, in the place where he's going to play next and had a big game and didn't really stop there. Every single time they put the ball in his hands and said, hey, go do your thing. Um, he, he responded really well. And then the games where they didn't get him into a rhythm, they struggled. Yeah, he loves playing there. That's for sure. And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't point out that, like Baker Mayfield, uh, Stetson won the Burlesworth Trophy last night. And what an award for him to take home uh, personifies so much. If you don't know this, the backstory of, of that award and uh, all the charitable work that they do, it's uh, it's amazing. It's great stuff. Uh, basically, the most outstanding player that started his career as a walk-on. And Stetson had a, a great speech, had a funny moment last night where he said he wishes that his whole team could be on the stage to accept it with him but they took the easy way out and most of them got scholarships unlike him. So uh, always quick witted Stetson takes a little bit of time sometimes to get his jokes out, but you always know he's got something cooking in there and uh, he's trying to cook for another national championship right now. And this Buckeyes defense, I don't know how much work they can do between now and new year's Eve to him this Georgia offense in and there's a lot to discuss there and a lot of developments to be had. I'm sure I've got some documents right here, Wes. I've I've got the documents right here. 
All right. Well, Alex, Alex, what's his name? Alex, what's that guy's name? Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones, InfoWars. I got it right here. All right. I've got I probably got more money than that guy right now, too. Yeah. Um, so listen, I, I've been doing some stat crunching, Wes. And listen, so Ohio State, I say listen a lot, and I need to stop. Um, there are a lot of uh folks out there talking about the improvement of this Ohio State defense, right? And we're gonna get into these numbers crazy, you know, later on. Pass defense ranked number 45 in the country in terms of yards per attempt. Not great, but not bad, right? Uh, you know, kind of got lit up by Michigan, probably caused them to slide down a little bit. Uh, run defense, number 23 in the country, yards per attempt. Um, I looked, and it's, it's kind of uncanny. Um, I wanted to see who they played. How good were the teams that they played? Well, in terms of run defense, yards per carry, they at the average opponent for Ohio State was ranked just over 80th in the country. 80. That's point, the, the average. The average. Just over 80, 80, like 80.3. They played – Ohio State has played four teams with a run defense, 115 in the nation or worse. Okay. And I'll sorry, let me – played with a run game, sorry, that okay. is 115 in the nation or worse. Uh, I think it was something like uh, seven teams outside the top 75, nine teams outside of the top 50, and only one team ranked inside the top 40, and that was Michigan. And that's the run game. So Ohio State has played some of the nation's worst run defenses this year. On average, the nation's 80th-ranked run defense. It is exactly the same on offense, Wes. Believe it or not, it's crazy. 80th. I think it's like it, the exact same stats. Yeah, it's like 80.4 and 80.3. So the average passing game, the in terms of yards per attempt that Ohio State has played this year, the opponent ranks 80.4. So this to me kind of seems like I don't know how similar Michigan's are, but I would venture to guess they're somewhere in the same ballpark since there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, it pr probably depends on the out-of-conference schedule because those can kind of actually skew this, right? When you talk True. about, a, let's say you got a Hawaii versus a Toledo, and one of those offenses may, you know, completely just, you know, UConn. rip it up in their conference Yeah, um, as opposed to, you know, whatever. Uh, the, those schools didn't tend to do that. Um, I haven't looked at Michigan's, but it's something that would be worth looking at, especially when you talk about they're not number five in the country in yards per play sure. or number two or something like that. But, man, I, I really think – and I'm not saying that they're not going to be good defensively because you look and there are some dudes that, that I remember seeing a lot of stars beside their name when they were coming out of high school and they're playing a lot of ball. Uh, but A lot of All-Americans on this the, on This, this whole improvement that Jim Knoll – Knowles has has brought to Ohio State. I think it's just a little bit fool's gold, just a little bit because they haven't really faced any competition. Um, it's been it's been kind of tough, um, you know, to to really uh, get a good read on exactly how good they are. Um, and Georgia, as we know, um, you know Georgia's offense is very balanced. Um, you know, it can run inside, it can run outside. That's one thing I will say that I think makes Georgia more dangerous than a lot of people realize is, you know, Georgia will run a double move and stretch the field on you. They'll they'll attack you in the intermediate. They'll dink and dunk behind the line of scrimmage, screen game, run game, inside, outside, quarterback run game. Well, Jake, they, back, they can, back they've to got the, all of those punches. Back to the Heisman deal, okay? Stetson doesn't have the stats everyone else has, okay? But his top three receivers this year for, come from three different position groups. Yep. Tight end, Brock, uh, Kenny Mack, and Lab McConkey. How many offenses have three top 
leading receivers that are from three different position groups. And you can either use that as proof that Stetson doesn't deserve to be a candidate. I am obviously biased, but I could almost say, man, you look at what Todd Munkin asks that guy to do on the field, yeah. and maybe he doesn't have the stats, but he's the maestro. He's in command of it, and he's the only guy that will be on that stage that has a conference championship and hasn't lost a game. So there are these little things in there that maybe he doesn't have the stats on the stat sheet, but it's these qualities that he has. It's, it's these intangible uh, traits that make him a pretty solid candidate to me anyway. You know, I'll tell you uh, another thing that really kind of – we talked about Georgia not letting him cook, not letting him get into the kitchen. Has he ever made a deal about it? You know, has he ever had bad body language about it? Has he ever, um, you know, gotten into a you know argument? No, or no. Things getting getting that's heated. That's not throwing a, a Microsoft Surface on the sideline or whatever. Right? Tom yeah. Brady is. No, he's just he just drinks too much water and vomits every now and then. That's basically all he does. You yeah. know, so that's uh, about as about as fussy as old Stetson's going to get. Uh, is to you know drink a little bit too much and do that, but I, mean, I derailed you. But yes, Georgia's yeah. I mean, offense. No, no, no. I, 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 that's just what I was kind of getting at as we were kind of transitioning to maybe I thought we maybe transitioned to a different topic was, you know, getting in Ohio State a little bit. You know, I've just kind of kind of dug through the numbers a little bit. You you really kind of come to know how bad the Big Ten was this year. On that the was that's what I was getting ball. at when I said yeah. I imagine Michigan's in the same ballpark, and it also kind of shows you the game may have revealed who was the, the true threat uh, out of those two teams and, and out of that conference. I'm not saying Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in the playoff. I mean, they, they found their own way in, and I expect they'll give Georgia a game. Uh, specifically, that, that offense is scary, man, um, especially with some of the, the struggles Georgia had in the SEC championship. I don't know how, how serious they are. But they've had their struggles. Look, Jake, I, I, I went back and watched the SEC Network, I believe, the ESPN app, whatever it is. They had their Georgia 60, which is like Georgia's whole season in an hour. And it was fun to go back and watch because you see some things that have been there all along that maybe you don't recognize, you don't notice. One of them was Darnell Washington at least once every game has a little – Darnell play that they've they've kind of set aside for him on the shelf and he makes it pretty much every time uh he had some some trouble with Stetson here and there getting uh getting their connection going but Darnell's presence is there but there were games where Georgia gave up some explosive plays in the passing game Florida game comes to mind uh Mizzou caught him flat-footed a couple times so they're out there. There are plays to be had on this Georgia defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as good as last year's defense, and I don't think anybody would would you know really want to fight you for that. It's definitely not as good as last year's defense without Nolan Smith. Um, you know, I, I was interested when I looked back at the transcript from from the LSU game, those five hundred you know passing yards. Kirby Smart said that they played them different in the second half. Um, he he said that he said we 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 played them we did some different things or we we were a different we played different defense in the second half and it bit us. Um, so I don't know if they maybe put those guys in some tough situations like that or not. Um, if that kind of resulted in some of the you know struggles there, uh, but 
you know, this is a team that's better offensively. And, you know, I I don't know, man. I just – the thing about this Georgia team is just uh, it's the – it's that phone booth fight. And you don't see it. You don't you don't realize it. But, you know, if they lure you into that fight, you don't realize how many different ways they hurt you. You know, they, you know, they, they've, they've got a, like a little thumb to the rib cage and a, and a, you know, and like the three fingers to the you know, little three fingers to the, uh, to the uh, uh, armpit or, you know, like a, a, a pinky up the nose and then a punch to the jaw. I mean, it's got so many different scrappy ways. You're, you're they, in the corner getting they hurt stitched you they, up. Yeah. They you don't realize. You. And yeah, you're just getting, and you're, and all the while they're pressing you up against the wall and just kind of pressing the air out of you. And then the next thing you know, you're defeated um and and if georgia and michigan are alike in this way i think georgia i think michigan is kind of georgia light in a lot of ways because i think they're kind of put together the same i think georgia throws the ball a little bit better than michigan does probably got better skill guys on the outside and it's tied in but they're they're both similar in that if they lure you into that phone booth if they get you into their fight you're not gonna win it no, I mean the only way you're going to win it is if you're built like they are and you're better, and you're, that's where I think Georgia has such an advantage and why it's so important that they take care of the football and do the little things right. Have you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Brad? Yes, a million so, times. So the scene where he fights Bruce Lee, where Brad Pitt fights Bruce Lee, I've listened to an interview where Quentin Tarantino talks about it, and he says the whole deal with Brad Pitt's stuntman character is. He does these little fights on the set. Of course, there's this whole crazy backstory that we don't know that Tarantino has in his coked out mind. And uh, basically, his whole deal is he lets you reveal what your move is going to be. That's what he did with Bruce Lee. He gets him on the ground, right? Second move, second attempt he has, because the whole bet was who can get the other guy on the ground twice first. So he lets Bruce Lee have one. Second one, he throws him right into that vintage car. And I almost feel like that's what Georgia does to an extent. They're not going to play with fire, and Michigan does something similar. Because they did it against Ohio State. Ohio State got out to an early lead, and after that, what happened? I mean, they kind of play with fire, but they let they let you show what you're going to do a little bit. They feel you out, and then it's game over. Yeah, and the way that they fight you builds that muscle between the ears. And it's almost like an alternator for a car. You drive the car and it charges that battery. When you fight and when you do the physical, grueling fight that these teams, you know, it's not exciting sometimes with the body blows. When you get yourself into those dog fights and those fist fights like that, um, it's like the truck running. And all the while, your brain's the battery and it's just charging the whole time. And that that whole that whole mental toughness thing is building and you're not even sure that's actually coming through all the pain and the, and the endurance. Like that's, that's just where it comes from. And that's where, that's where George is right now. Michigan's getting there, man. I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh, you don't see coaches turn it around like that. He was gone. He took a, he yep. took a payout and, and uh, or took a, took a, you know, lesser Cut. money to stay and then turn the thing around. That just doesn't happen very often. Kudos to him. Um, you know, I, I think they can beat Georgia. Missouri could have beat Georgia. Yeah. All right. Missouri could have beat Georgia, which, by the way, Wes, you're going to get back to Stetson real quick. Talk about the Missouri game. Got a little stat for folks. I threw it on Twitter today. Yep. Um, Stetson is, uh, has thrown uh, 35 fourth quarter passes this year, nine of them. So over a quarter of them were against Missouri. Um, seven of nine 
78 yards in the fourth quarter while trailing against Missouri, uh, completed the last seven passes, his last seven pass attempts for that game for those 78 yards. And uh, Georgia scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and won that game. So um, just another little Heisman stat there for Stetson. That's another Michigan one. Sprinkling these throughout. Yeah, Stetson stats. Yeah. That's, that's another one on that uh, Georgia 60 where they spend a lot of time on it because it was actually a, a, a ball game. And you see a couple things take shape throughout that game. It's the tight ends. They dialed it up. They needed them. And it's Kenny McIntosh. And I know that Kenny Mack was dealing with some stuff throughout the year uh, as recently as last week. I mean, he, he was bruised up and banged up. Uh, but that game, man, he flipped a switch. All right, let's uh, flip a switch ourselves. We'll get to some transfer portal news in a moment because uh, I know everyone wants to know about that. But it'd be awesome, Wes, if we had like a if we had one of those like portal looking things, like uh, you know, like animated behind us yeah. while we talk about the portal. That'd be great. I'll get to work on that. Let me see if I can get that going here in a second. But I'm, first, an, ideas, I'm an ideas guy. I'm definitely not in the execution. We're department. producing on the fly. And uh, by the way, their Georgia game may be over by now, but from what I'm seeing, I'm streaming this thing. There's 23 and a half seconds left, and Georgia is losing 78 77. I'm just looking for portals. Anyway, <laughs> if you're looking for t shirts, go to breakingtea.com or just follow the exact link in our bio that's probably the best thing to do in the episode description it's in the youtube it's in the podcast apple and spotify we got it all over the place and uh breaking tea has some really solid top to bottom uh work of their own that they have going bennett and bowers by the way we need to dig in more on this bowers drug test story i just kind of dropped it in your lap before we popped popped in here uh we're going to get some more specifics on that uh christopher smith with the savage pads and of course the big o some really solid stuff still got the national championship uh merch but maybe they'll be replacing some of that here in a few weeks breaking tea top-notch stuff as always all right jake speaking of the portal dogs are offering guys guys want to come visit Georgia may have some guys that are testing the waters themselves. What are some of the high-level, big-picture storylines that you've kind of kept your ear close to the ground on as it relates to Georgia in the portal? Well, it's no secret now. Um, wide receiver is the is the the topic du jour, um, and uh, Georgia has reportedly uh, two reported offers um two guys that have actually made it known that they have gotten offered two guys uh, it's rara thomas from uh, mississippi state georgia's played both of these guys this year rara thomas from mississippi state breakout sophomore season from him over 600 yards receiving a uh, kid from montgomery alabama so it'd be a chance to get a little bit closer to home uh for him obviously auburn's very close there and they're going to recruit him pretty hard Ole miss has recruited him very hard i think george is in pretty good shape here early on um, now, does that mean somebody's going to swoop in with an NIL deal or some uh, promises of uh, passes falling into his hands like snowflakes in a snowstorm? I don't know. They may. They may be able to sell him on pie-in-the-sky stuff. And, you know, George is probably trying to sell him on the same thing. It's not like George is loaded with 1,000-yard receivers and first-round NFL draft picks that receiver either, but they can get there just like they did on the defensive line. Um, but I think George is going to have a good shot here. I think that competition and having a chance to win and, and maybe do some things is uh, is high on this kid's list. 
Um, they have also offered another guy they played this year from Kent State, uh, Dante Cephas, C-E-P-H-A-S, stud. A uh, guy has 2,000 yards over the last two seasons, basically, um, receiving. Um, he uh, he missed three games this year, so he, he did that over the last two seasons while missing three games. His uh, head coach, Sean Lewis, is headed to uh, Colorado to be Dion's defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, I'm sorry, because Sean Lewis is one of those Josh Heupel dudes. Um, Wes, I think you might be muted. Oh, my bad. I have my, my uh, mic turned down. Yeah? I think a lot of people had that uh, Kent State-Georgia game in their notes when they saw what Kent State was able to do in Athens and be a little annoying against Kirby Smart's team and obviously it paid off in a, in a new gig for that guy. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know what he was making at They Kent were good State. on their in their own right. I mean, yeah. I don't want to take away from them. Yeah, but he had been at Kent State for a while. Like he, I mean, you know, for a few years now, several years. And uh, he's a Josh Heupel, um, Art Browse, Kendall Browse offense style, you know, that wide split outside the thing, hit the run game, all that jazz. <clears throat> um, I was wondering, Wes, to be honest with you, I don't know if you remember the Kent State game where they threw a ball out to the flat and Kamari Lasseter peeked inside and Chris Smith was going inside and the kid got a little crease outside and it looked like he was shot out of a cannon. One of the fastest kids I've seen play Georgia this year. I was wondering when they made that offer if it was going to be to that kid. It was not Quinta, uh, uh, Dante Cephas had uh, three catches for 25 yards against not Georgia. Not Quintez. Yeah, not Quintez Cephas. That's the kid from Georgia making, that went to Wisconsin and guy. got exonerated. And, uh, you know, probably write a movie about that kid one day. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, but, yeah, that was a wild situation. But, yeah, so those are the two that reported offers. I know Georgia has offer, also offered Dominic Lovett at Missouri. So make that three guys they've offered that they have played. Um, I'm told that Dorian, uh, I have lost his last name. Um, oh, Dorian. Uh, the cat from Arizona. Uh, I'm not sure what his name is either. Oh, man. I had Dor Dorian Singer is his name. Thousand-yard receiver from uh, Arizona. Good chance he probably stays out in the Pac-12. I'm told that Georgia may have offered there as well. Um, if they haven't, I don't give them a great chance to get them right now. Uh, maybe they could get them on campus for a visit. Uh, you know, some of these guys, some of these veterans or some of these guys that have put up some numbers and they feel good about their draft st stock, um, they may want to win. You know, they may want to just have a chance to win, and Georgia's going to be really good again next year. I mean, they're going to be really, really good again next year as long as they get solid quarterback play because that defense is going to be incredible. And uh, Georgia's going to be good. The transfer portal's there. I think you may also want to look at other positions. Um, you know, I I think if it was the right offensive tackle, they might want to go at a guy. Um, if it's the right defensive end or edge or safety, they might also want to go after it. I think this is a – I expect a much more active portal season from Georgia this time around this year. Um, and, and I think, honestly, that what happened – um, that you know Georgia not taking anybody out of the portal this past year may kind of set them up pretty well because um, a you don't you don't have to worry about the numbers issue that it would have caused last year and then b um, you've kind of set a precedent and it's that you know we <clears throat> we're going out and get you to help our team but we'll be fine without you because yeah, we, we don't need you right <clears throat> I think that's the message that Georgia kind of has we want you. We may need you a little bit, but we can do without you. 
Yeah, I want to highlight a pretty <coughs> cool feature that we have at uh, on three now. Just dropped today, I believe, is the transfer portal tracker. Now, the way this works is it's the teams that are actually using the portal a lot. Okay, so it's it's kind of a ranking system, but it takes in consideration the players that have transferred in and out their average rating and then kind of gives them a score. All right. And of course there's NIL pumped in there as well. Uh, but I want to make sure I'm looking at the right sport here because <laughs> I saw UCLA and Illinois and Kansas, but I guess that makes sense. Those are schools that are either losing or getting a lot of guys out of the transfer portal. So Georgia, not really popping up on this, but as Georgia begins to, get a little bit more active. Maybe you see the dogs pop up on that a little bit more. Uh, pretty cool tool that we are cooking up in the on three labs. So check that out. Um, before we wrap up, Jake, uh, Roos is on vacation, but you said you did have maybe a, a nugget or two on the recruiting front as we are now just over two weeks away from that early signing day. Hold on, you're muted. Oh, man, I had a good line there, and I completely missed it because I was muted. I said, I don't know anything about recruiting. <laughs> uh, after just explicitly telling you we could talk recruiting. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's some there's some really good momentum for Georgia down the stretch in this class. Damon Wilson, um, big-time need. You know, Landon Samuel, Samuel and Pimba was big. I think they get Damon Wilson. It is a home run at outside linebacker, and then all of a sudden you can start exploring options. Uh, about Gabe Harris with Gabe Harris maybe playing defensive end edge type role or being that tweener that Davin Bellamy J uh, Jordan Jenkins um, style of player there so that's one thing I would keep an eye on I would uh, also I'm telling you this uh, this Chase Basantis kid and I think I'm saying his name right it's basically Bison Tiss okay, okay. Um, big time offensive lineman out of uh, I believe out of California he is committed to Texas A&M. Georgia's working hard there. Interior offensive lineman reminds me of Ernest Green uh, from last year's class. Big dude has some tackle tackle ability if they want to use him out there at tackle. Um, you know, got a big commitment from from uh, um, the Merriweather kid yesterday too. I guess we yep. need a chance to bring that up. Uh, flipped a kid from Central Florida. Our talent uh, evaluator Charles Brunswick. Power loves that guy. Yeah, from Brunswick. Charles Power. Listen, I'll say this about about on three. Um, there are a lot of guys out there that are good at evaluating, but there are two guys here, Charles Power and Jerry Hamilton, who are as, as scientific and as committed to understanding what traits it takes to be a great football player. There, there's nobody better. Uh, you know, Barton Simmons now works at uh, with Vanderbilt. Maybe. He was right there with those same folks. Uh, but, but those two are great, and, and Charles Power speaks really high of Jamal Merriweather, who committed to Georgia yesterday. Four-star prospect with us, as you can see right there, um, because of Charles, because Charles and, and, and Jerry are high on him. Um, but the on-three consensus has him. I don't know. I don't know how it works at all. Is it all just prognosticating their ceiling? Is it what they are now? What, what kind I mean, of goes it's into a that? Balance. It, it's really a balance. You have to kind of put together the full picture, right? Like you have to kind of, all right, traits. 
Well, you know, you're not going to have a 5'11 offensive tackle. So you got to have, you know, there are certain prerequisite, you know, traits that you got to have. You got to be long enough. And you know, there's some guys who break the mold, like an Isaiah Wynn or Jamari Sawyer, who play tackle and without really ideal tackle measurables. But you know, you're looking at that kid, he's six, six and a half, you know, incredible length. You can see it on film, high hips. Um, he bends okay, not elite, which may probably put him in more of a right tackle, or maybe he develops some better flexibility in the strength program. Sometimes that happens, but it's not super common. Um, and then, you know, on top of all that, you've got a bunch of other different, you know, things you want to see, you know, lower body strength and, and, and frame, you know, he, he weighs 200 and, you know, 60 something pounds, I believe on this profile right there, they've got it at 285 now. Sorry. I had to lean in there and look at it. Yeah. Um, you're going to want him at 310, probably 315. Can he get that heavy? Can he get that heavy without being, uh, you know, looking like me, you know, I mean, you don't want him to look like me. <laughs> Uh, you know, if he's going to play tackles, so you know, do you know, get you got to be able to carry that weight well, like an Amarius Mims. You know, you want to be 325 pounds and look like you weigh 250, um, and that's that's what Amarius Mims does. So there's just a lot of that, and and not only that, Wes, you you get all of that together, you compile all that, and then you've also got to kind of look at his film and determine where is he at right now, how far does he have to go to meet that ceiling, how likely is he. Then you have to talk to coaches and and the people around him and find out, okay is he going to work hard enough to get to that ceiling? And then all of it just kind of comes together. You're looking for productiveness. And that's one of the hardest positions to do it at in the history of the world. It's the one of the hardest ones ever. Mean mug and mutt says you want to carry it like Darnell. There aren't many people that carry it like Darnell, man. He's uh, there are times when Darnell looks like Bambi on ice because he's just all legs when he goes up in the air. And and I feel bad for anyone that that guy lands on that two point conversion. He caught lands on that poor LSU DB, and it's it's just game over. I don't know if anyone's found him. I don't know if, if he even made it back <laughs> home to Baton Rouge. Um, they probably stuffed him in that barrel. He did stuff him in the field goal barrel. That's the new <laughs> That's the new insult. It's not stuffing teams in a locker. It's Georgia wants to go out there and stuff him in the field goal net barrel because that is the, the way that you really determine – how dominant you are Wes I've already determined like right here like right right there on my I'm gonna make myself like a little like a little nightstand deal sitting back here it's gonna give me one of those blue meth barrels just like sitting back there (laughs) your wife is gonna be so pissed like a shelf I'm just gonna get one back there put photos on it and stuff flowers yeah y'all are decorating your new home and she's just putting up with meth barrels in the house um Wade Wolford here We'll, we'll go out on a high note hot take Heisman winner, Stetson Bennett, Caleb Williams finishes second, Stroud and Duggan bringing up the rear. You know, a lot of people kind of tick too. It wasn't just about Hooker. It was uh, the Corum kid from Michigan getting left out too. I mean, you can never get the full list that where everyone deserves. I mean, Georgia's been on the end of this too with Todd Gurley a few years ago. Chubb, I mean, tell me those guys – didn't put the things on tape that you'd want to see from one of the best four players in the country. It just doesn't always shake out the way it should. Nick Chubb played half a season and had more rushing yards than Blake Corum did. So freak. I mean, he freak. was. Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb in in, in as a freshman rusher over 1,500 yards, and he did that while starting like six games. So and he did I, about I mean, 50 of them without a running shoot. back. But yeah, the the running backs. Let's calm down on Heisman stuff. Yeah. No more. I mean, 
Has a has a has a running back ever won the Heisman with fourteen hundred yards? I don't know. I'm not I'm not well versed enough to know. It just it just does seem like such a quarterbacks award these days. Yeah, uh, and, and Wes, the, the number one thing we forget, and I forget it sometimes too, is we are talking about a game. We are talking about a game. Oh, I know. And I, any anything I've said to anyone on Twitter about this has been with a smile on my face. Yeah, I can't too. say the same for a lot of the Tennessee fans right now. They're going through it, man. They want they, it. They want it they, bad. They finish behind Alabama in the rankings. They can't even get their guy to an award that he won't win. I mean, what what are they mad about? They're not winning. I don't know, things. man. Josh Heupel is SEC Coach of the Year with the AP, so that's cool. Um, you know, he didn't want to find us for the Eddie Robinson award. I thought Josh Heupel did a really good job this year. Yeah, I thought so. You lose um, two games. That's hard. It's hard to get over. And not only that, man, they get to play in the South Carolina's my daddy bowl. You know, they yeah. get to play in the, you know, they get to play in the in the I got game cocked bowl. Uh I mean, it's just I mean God, if you're South Georgia, Carolina. Hey man, Georgia's had some of those seasons where they had a, a full head of steam, and then yeah. things kind of get rocky towards the end. And you're watching them in the outback. And you know hall. why I can laugh at it, Wes, is because I dealt with those angry, insufferable Georgia fans who had the had the uh, rug yanked out from under them, and I was mm-hmm. a shoulder for them to cry on. And I deleted their post that they wanted me to delete whenever they cursed everybody they've ever known. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the, you know, Jersey Jerry who works works for Barstool Sports. You yeah. ever seen that? Yes, huh? he's the one that did that Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, don't ask me for nothing. Right. Don't don't know dishes, no nothing. Yep. Um, you know, we had people that would go on rants like that on the message board. And, you know, within like 20 minutes of posting it, I wouldn't even see it yet. I'm post-game writing, right? And all of a sudden they're DMing you over and over and over again. You got 30 DMs like, please take it down. Please take it down. Please take it down. I really embarrassed myself. Please take it down. Why can't they just oh, delete it themselves? Uh, there wasn't. It wasn't like there that. Wasn't, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So they wanted me to uh, take their thread down. So uh, I can laugh about you know that happening, but I mean, hey, listen, if you're South Carolina, don't you have to engineer something to go troll that ball? Oh, you have to. I, I mean, saw Shane can... Beamer at the. Uh, he was at the SEC championship. Yeah. Um, doing his like media appearances or whatever. I guess Saban used to do those, but he was working on his campaign uh, pitch for yeah, he getting Bama in, in the playoff. So he could talk to Fox and everybody else. Insane, man. That's uh, It's the game you have to play, but, man, is it a tough look. I'll tell you what. A lot of people harped on that whole Saban thing. They harped on, well, you know, the whole Vegas – uh, idea that you'd be favored and you know hey what were you whenever you played Tennessee and and LSU I I didn't harp on that as much as I harped on well I'll be dang Alabama's the only team in the country to deal with the inter- to deal with injuries for a little part of the season can you right. believe it you know like that they dealt with injuries when nobody else had to and bless their hearts I mean um he's the he's the greatest and it's the greatest dynasty we've seen to this point um you know I'm not I'm actually starting to think there might be an might be an outside shot that Georgia can do a little bit to challenge it and put its own thing together here. Whenever I kind of doubted that before, I didn't think we'd ever see anything like it again. I, I didn't think so, and 
there's still a lot to be seen with how college football looks. I, we don't know. We don't know what kind of reality we're entering with this expanded playoff and the realignment of the conferences. It's it's going to be an absolute circus, Jake. I mean, I foresee this future where it's almost like the Big Ten media coverage and the SEC media coverage are kind of like how CNN, CNN and Fox News are now or MSNBC or whatever. You got Joel Klatt over here yelling at uh, Paul Feinbaum. It's going to be loving the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and it's going to be great. But it's also going to be so insufferable in so many yeah. ways. Uh, I wonder if we look back on this, Wes, and you know, this is this is year one and year two of portal and NIL. NIL is in a different gear now. So is the portal. Um, year one and year two of NIL in the portal. If Georgia can win back-to-back titles in year one and year two of NIL and the transfer portal, I wonder if we'll look back and think about that as just like this. If if the game changes as game changes to the point over the next ten to twenty years, if we look back and we say, "God, what a monumental yeah. uh, accomplishment!" I mean, it's a monumental accomplishment anyway. I mean, in any era of college football, to go back to back, but in well, the, in well, the era gonna of be, it's going to be. It's 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 with anything. It'll be however people want to filter it, and it's either going to be Georgia really got something right, or Georgia just benefited and was lucky while everyone else didn't know how to play the game yet. And it, it could be either one of those things, and it won't matter because they'll still have the hardware. It's hard for me to call them lucky though. Whenever you win a title, and arguably your most talented returning receiver walks out of the door to go to another school. Um, mm-hmm. and you don't replace them. You don't bring anybody in, and you lose 15 guys to the NFL draft. You use 15, five defenders to the first round of the NFL draft. Right. Come back out with the nation's number. I mean, I, I heard it today. I can't remember who brought it up. Uh, Georgia's had the number one scoring. If, if everything holds right now, Georgia number one scoring defense three out of the last four years. I think Danny, Danny, uh, Dusty Dvorak and Danny Cannell were talking about it this morning. Man, so. filthy. I mean, and and to do it with what they lost. I mean, I don't think I don't think you can. Well, I don't think you can honestly be honest with yourself and look. There's going to be Tennessee fans and South Carolina fans and Alabama fans to look back and say, "Yep, it was just just you know they grabbed all the fish when all the water was muddy." Right. Um. But uh, doesn't mean they're right. Yeah, uh, they're not, they won't be. Really quick, I almost forgot. We got to chop some wood. I'll uh, hop on mine really quick. Uh, Maurice Claret. Has the guy not learned? Has anyone not learned? You gotta. You don't have to be a college football historian, okay? Just go back a couple years. Don't give Georgia this stuff. The dogs, don't give it to them. Listen, man, they're on Twitter, dude. Eric Ainge learned that. They're on Twitter. Uh, they're on Twitter. It's not just that. Um, they're everywhere, and and not only do they see what you say, they turn it into something. Uh. I almost called them CBS 46. They're now Atlanta News First. They did a story with Davin Bellamy and Brian Harrion. Emily Gag, Gag I, I don't know how to say Gagnon. her last name. I Gagnon. Think Gagnon. Gagnon. She's Canadian, so I she assume is. it's a French pronunciation. But they talked about the Auburn game in 2017 where they got the rematch with Gus. And they said, yeah, man, we had uh, Gus saying – 
We whipped the dog crap out of them. We had it in the urinals. We had it all over the weight room. <laughs> we had it all over the butt smear building. They had it everywhere. So it's like, why do you do it? And I know it's not Maurice's program to worry about. He's not a player or a coach. But come on, dude, you're poking a bear. Nothing gets nothing. Nothing gets missed anymore, man. You just you let it slip out there. I mean, even if you do that and you delete it in 30 seconds, somebody screenshotted it. Georgia going to get – here's what, uh, if you're just listening. Rolled on. Claret tweeted, Georgia going to get rolled on. The young guys have something to prove. Staff has something to prove. The staff is looking for new jobs right now and taking new jobs. I mean, I don't know what they have to prove. They got – what, they want to play Michigan again? Okay, that's fine. Georgia's <laughs> Georgia wants to play Michigan too. Did that, so they do have that. So the one coach, the offensive line coach and offensive coordinator, took the Tulsa job. Is that right? The Wilson. Uh, yes, I believe coach, so. Coach Wilson, the one that was at uh, Indiana. And Brian Hartline was looking at that Cincinnati job, but did not get it. Um, that would yeah, be a huge I mean, loss and, for them. And on top of everything else, Wes, I know it. Like I don't. I, I'm a reporter. I don't need to say that. I'll say it like that. I strongly feel it in my gut that Jackson Smith and Jigba, and and I guess Todd McShay said it tonight. It's just an opt out. Yeah, it's just an opt out. It's probably been an opt out for a good little while now. And uh, I'm telling you guys, more meaningful games may make them opt out less. It's not going to make them not not opt out. You know, we haven't even gotten there yet, and we've already. And if I'm not mistaken, Wes, I think an Ohio State kid might have been the one. Maybe it was a Michigan guy. Maybe it was Jake Butt was the first one to do it. But I remember Joey – uh, Was Joey, it Peppers or Dalvin Cook? I thought it was around – I thought it was that Peppers. Michigan tight end. But I do remember one of the Bosa brothers got hurt early in the season and the timetable had him coming back at the at the end of the year, like with a few games to play. And I could be wrong on that. So, I, I, But I'm pretty sure he had a chance to return. And he went ahead and said he, you know, he was done and he was training for the draft. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what Jackson Smith and Jig was doing here a little bit, even though he's been hurt on and off. But, I mean, that cat had 330-something yards in the Rose Bowl last Mm -hmm. year. One game. Um, He's only had five catches for 40-something yards for him this year. But tell you what, not having to deal with him, may not have to deal with one of the the really good running backs, uh, you know, kind of a break for Georgia for sure. Uh, All right. What you chopping wood about? All right, man. Chopping wood on – let me see how to put this. I want to chop – you know, so we talk about the front seven on defense. Well, I want to talk about kind of the front seven on offense. And I was watching – I was looking at something today, and there there are a myriad of things that kind of got me. Jaheim Bell is a kid from Valdosta, South Carolina tight end, right? He played running back for him late in the year. Um, really good player. He actually torched Kamari Lasseter on a go route um, when Georgia played South Carolina earlier this year at 230-something pounds. Really impressive guy. Um, there was a rumor out there that Georgia had reached out to Jaime Bell. That is not the case. I prob- I think that may have something to do with somebody putting it out there, whether it's South Carolina or somebody else, to maybe loosen things up with Oscar Delp. Okay. Uh, with the lack of opportunities there. And that would make some sense since South Carolina's got some ties there through family, whatever. Um, well, the reason I say that is because Georgia's not going to go after Jane Bell. And they're not going to go after Jane Bell because he can't play tight end. 
all right, because he can play. He's a good football player. He's a heck of a football player. He's a receiver. He's a utility offensive player. He's Debo Samuel, maybe not quite as fast. He's not a tight end. Georgia needs tight ends because what Georgia does and the way Georgia – what Georgia demands of the guys who play that position and play outside and play offensive line is they're going to make you put your face on somebody and block them. And uh, that's not what this guy's good at. Uh, and if he's not and doesn't want to develop that way, then Georgia's not going to recruit you because at the end of the day, Brock Bowers is as effective as he is as a receiver because he's a dominant blocker and they have to, you have to play him honest and you have to figure out ways to get it going. Um, I, Georgia's offensive front seven this year, um, chopping wood on him because, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think this is what really sets Georgia apart from anybody else. Not that Georgia's dominant or not that Georgia has the best offensive line in the history of the world, but because when so many people in college football have taken time out of the shoulder pads and have decided to kind of um, water down practice and maybe focus on movement over contact, Georgia hasn't. And uh, that's why it is the way it is, where it is. That's why it is where it is right now. And yep. it's because of that contact, because of that craving of it. And, uh, uh, Michigan does it the same. I think these two teams might be on a collision course. Um, but, man, what, how crazy would it be if, if Georgia got a chance to play TCU in the national championship? Uh, Kirby's first bowl game, right? Yeah, how strange. How strange would that be? And I, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe we, get, we will get some weirdness in this playoffs. It's, it's been kind of anticlimactic the last couple of years. Well, Ohio State and Michigan might set up uh, like a consolation bracket if, if they both get – I hope they Bounce. do. That'd be great. I'd love to watch it. There seems to be some. That's a long day, business. dude. That the, the game of the national championship is a long day. That yep. Monday is a long day, and that that uh whatever day that West Coast be, too Sunday, I believe it's a Sunday is going to be a long Sunday too that we wait for or Saturday for Georgia to play. Uh, uh, yeah, they put Georgia in the day. night game slot. Yeah, I wanted to get home for New Year's and see my family for New Year's. Do the Boo Rat or Boo uh let's see Boo Radley. called him Boo Radley. Boo Radley Corrigan. Boo Corrigan said no. You are going to be watching football with me, sir. Uh there's some weirdness in the playoff though. I mean, it, it's hard to really gain ground on a team twice. Everyone ran all over Oklahoma to varying degrees. Their game with George was close, but you know, Clemson and Bama went back and forth in semifinal uh a semifinal matchup and in the natty I don't know if anyone – I don't know if the playoff is old enough for there to be like a a streak yet. I'll, I'll dig into that for our next show. Uh, y'all, check out dogshq.com. $10 right now until September, right? Until the start of next football season, basically. You can access Dogs HQ's premium uh, work and our message board and all the fun on that uh, community that we have day in and day out. It's getting wild right now, as you can imagine, with the Stetson Heisman candidacy and Ohio State. No one's even talking about Ohio State right now because of Stetson. So that's pretty odd. Um, but check it out. And, of course, we'll have you covered as we run up to the Heisman Trophy presentation on Saturday. Palmer Toms will be in New York and covering that. Depending on what happens, I assume we'll be around 
Uh, Stetson is to win it. We'll have all kinds of crazy reaction there. It'll be weird. But like I said earlier, it's ultimately not too weird because no one is underestimating Stetson Bennett anymore if they've been paying attention. Hey, if Jay, it's going to get weird, let's get weird, man. Let, let's, let's get, get weird. weird. Let's, let's get keep weird. doing it. I'll, I'll wear a tux on the show if Stetson wins. Appreciate y'all uh, sitting through this and engaging and being with us. Kenneth Kenny was our first comment at 8.01 p.m. We went live at 8.30, and he hasn't said anything since. He just said Buckeye Nation. So y'all check on Kenneth. I hope he's all right. His parents naming him Kenneth when his last name is Kenny is just cruel. Ken Ken. Ken Ken. Y'all hit subscribe on this channel if you enjoyed it. We'll be back again. Take care. And until next time, peace.